Hey everybody, who doesn't love a good cup of coffee? Well, I guess, you know what, many years ago I probably would have raised my hand and said I'm not a coffee drinker, but, you know, the last 20 plus years, coffee drinker. And I drink Boyer's Coffee. Boyer's Coffee is locally owned and operated. It's fresh. They have numerous flavors. And they make it really easy for you. I have it delivered right to my house. Nothing's easier than that. Especially when it comes to coffee and you get it and you start your day with it. It's just perfect. Boyerscoffee.com is how you can have it delivered to your home. You can go to the store. That's great as well. They're in every supermarket. But go to boyerscoffee.com. They have all kinds of specials on there. You have all the great flavors. They have other products as well. So go to boyerscoffee.com to go shopping for some of the finest coffee that you will drink. And you'll feel better about it because you know what? You're taking care of a member of the community, a longstanding uh, great member of the community. They are uh, not only community-minded, uh, but they've always been about the right things. And as I said, they've been brewing coffee in this region since 1965. And they have an advantage. Did you know that roasting at altitude in Denver is what makes Boyer's Coffee so good? They take advantage of the elevation. Boyer'sCoffee.com. Do as I do. Get some today. I love telling you about steel products. That's S-T-I-H-L. You can find a dealer near you at steeldealers.com. They have over 10,000 dealers around the country. Also go there because you're going to find products that are going to keep your house and your yard in tip-top shape. They have battery-powered, which is my preference. They have electric. They have gasoline-powered. So whether it's chainsaws or trimmers or blowers, they're going to help you get the job done. They're the official handheld outdoor power equipment of the Colorado Rockies. You can find the tool that is perfect for whatever your job is. In fact, you're going to find yourself trying to help out your neighbor because uh, all of their products are long-lasting and they're top shelf. You can get chainsaws from you know smaller versions. I have a handsaw that's great. I've mentioned this uh, before. It's battery operated. You can take it when you go camping or they have the big whoppers that'll take down, you know, half a forest. So go to steeldealers.com. Find the product that is most useful for you. You may buy more than one. I'm going to warn you. It's Steel Dealers, S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Drew has a thumbs down for a few of the New York Mets. Athletes, some don't understand the economic equation of why they make the money they make. A breakdown on what some of your key Rockies need to show us in September. And a chat with Colorado Cubs infielder and Colorado native David Bodie on his journey to the majors. There's times where I thought about quitting and I was like, you know what, nope. I was like, like, they're going to have to tell me to go home before I could leave so subscribe to the drew goodman podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend this is the drew goodman podcast welcome in everybody it is program number 112 on our little podcast here the drew goodman podcast thanks as always for uh jumping on board quick reminder off the top that uh the dnvr guys do a, a marvelous job that's drew creaseman and Patrick Lyons and I join them uh, once a week on their show as we talk Rockies and baseball in general, and they're cranking it out each and every day. So download uh, their great podcast uh, as well. You know what I'm excited for? College football. It's starting in earnest this weekend. 
Uh, there were a couple games last weekend. Nebraska, boy, is Nebraska falling. You see they lost in Champaign. Illinois, Brent Bielma takes over the Illini. And uh, Nebraska under Scott Frost. I thought that was a great coaching hire. Scott Frost was a great player at Nebraska. He had done a, a great job uh, in his previous stop. And it just it hasn't worked out. Now they're under investigation. I've always been a Nebraska fan. Uh, such wonderful fan base up there. Such a wonderful fan base. And it's one of my favorite places over the years to do a game, but uh, they've hit they've hit some rough times. I know their their recruiting class supposedly this year and the last uh, year pretty good, but uh, they got to win games. Anyhow, I'm excited for the rest of college football uh, to get going. I I love the fact that uh, there's going to be fans back in the stands. Be safe. We understand that, but. Um, uh, love the pageantry of college football where uh, most each and every game has great meeting. All right. Um, I, I'm sure you caught this story because it was pervasive throughout social media and whatever sources you utilize to uh, get your sports news. And that was on the um, booing that took place or has been taking place all year in New York, but how the players responded, most notably uh, former Rocky, albeit briefly, Kevin Pillar, Javi Baez, formerly of the Cubs, most recently a Met just for uh, a couple of months, or not even really a couple of months, about a month and a half, and uh, Francisco Lindor, who's making over $300 million in his new deal after being traded from Cleveland, and they were giving the thumbs down and Javi Baez, I'm, I'm just refreshing your memory if you missed it, Javi Baez, when he was asked by the media what the thumbs down meant when a guy got a base hit, uh, and he said, it's a thumbs down to the fans because they've been booing us, and so we're giving them the thumbs down for booing us. Well, that's how they were celebrating uh, good plays offensively. Well, that naturally went over uh, not very well. Uh, in New York and, and probably elsewhere. So here's my reaction to that. Number one, and you've heard me pontificate on this in the past, I hate booing. I really do. Uh, because I've said this also. The worst major league player is still a great player. And no one wants to go out there and suck. So when Francisco Lindor strikes out with the bases loaded, you think he wanted to do that? No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. So you booing him doesn't make the situation better, doesn't make him feel any better, doesn't probably help him out for his next at bat. It's like, oh man, it meant a lot to the to the fan base, so boy, I'm going to try even harder next time. Hell no, he's trying hard. He's trying his ass off. Or the guy who walks, you know, the bases loaded. We've seen that recently from the Rockies. You think somebody went out there and goes, you know what, I want to play like shit today. I want to feel... I want to feel the, the wrath of the fans. I'm going to walk the bases loaded. Nobody does that. So I've never really understood booing unless it was, you know, lack of effort. And you so rarely see a blatant lack of effort. I can't remember the last time I said, man, that dude ain't even given any sort of hustle at all. You don't see that much. So I'm, I'm, I'm really not big on booing. Um, it, it takes me back to something I've, I've, recited not only to my kids, but to uh, teams that I've coached. 
it's the old man in the in the arena, Teddy Sorbonne's dress in the early 1900s at the Sorbonne in, in Paris. And it's about the guy who's bleeding and sweating and and uh, and understands the failures of participation, basically, not the timid soul who stands on the outside and says, this is what I would have done had I been in the arena. You ain't in the arena. That person you're booing is in the arena. So I've never been big on booing. Now, having said that, it does come with the territory because not everyone, probably thankfully, thinks like I do. So people get booed. And there are certain cities in our country that boo their sports teams when they don't do well more vociferously and more frequently than other cities. New York, I'm a native New Yorker, I understand that's one of those cities. Philadelphia, a neighbor of New York, that's one of those cities. Boston, also residing in the Northeast. They will let you know when you are not playing well. That comes with the paycheck. And in the case of Frankie Lindor, his paycheck's really large. In the case of Javi Baez, he's exceptionally well compensated. That's part of the deal. It's also part of the deal if you're Frankie Lindor and you say, yeah, I'll take Steve Cohen's money. I got traded from Cleveland to New York. He could have waited and said, you know, I want to see what's out there and gone to a place that um, the fan base is more benevolent when things are not going well. You know that going in. It is part of being a professional athlete. Even though I'm not big on it, you do have to deal with that. And so for those guys to give the thumb down or basically flip the finger at the fan base for the underachieving record the Mets have in 2021, not a good look. If anything, and I don't, I'm, I, 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 I'm not big on lying. I don't think one should lie. But in this particular case, when asked by a member of the media what it was all about, Javi Baez, who's been a Met for all of 10 minutes, instead of flipping off maybe a potential long-term partner because he's a free agent and he loves Frankie Lindor and I'm sure he'd love to stay with the Mets, I mean, probably not a good move, uh, telling, being exceptionally honest there. What's the thumb down for? Well, we're, we're, we're giving it back to the fan base. Probably should have said, well, it's an inside thing and it's hard to explain. I mean... That probably would have been a better way of going about things. I also sometimes think that athletes don't fully understand, not all, not even most, but some don't understand the economic equation of why they make the money they make. Without television, without their names and their games and the highlights being spread everywhere, at an instant now, people don't know who Javi Baez is. And therefore, as wonderful a player as he's been, and he has flaws like all players, they're not commanding the same kind of dollars that they are. So you can't flip off the fan base. You can't do it. Foolish move. They've since kind of, I don't want to say retracted, but they've apologized to the fan base. The Mets in one of the strangest... Um, press releases I've seen reprimanded the players and they had a team meeting and and the owner who basically threw the team under the bus a couple weeks earlier he was upset um strange times 
right now. But that was that was an oddball story. So that's my take on, on the booing. Now on to the Rockies. They just completed, as uh, we tape on this Wednesday night, uh, their nine-game, 10-day road trip. And I said late in the broadcast, I said this for my buddy Doug Marino, our, our statistician, statistician and lead researcher. I, I said this for his benefit because he's a, a big deadhead. I said, what a long, strange trip it's been because the Rockies began that trip in Chicago against the Iowa Cubs, basically, and somehow managed to lose two of three. Not that the Rockies, we understand they're not great, but they're they're better than the Cubs. We know that. And I know it's baseball. And it doesn't mean just because you're better, you line up and you're going to win every time. That's not how baseball works. I'm always the first to point that out. Uh, but it was a disappointing three-game set, and they... Uh, they did well to win one of those games. It took uh, 10 innings uh, in game two of a doubleheader in which doubleheaders this year are seven. And they ended up uh, winning late and producing a lot of runs. Turned into a kind of a fun game to watch. So they they lose two of three in Chicago. Then they go to L.A. And everyone thinks they're going to get killed in L.A. Because the last several years, that's what happens. They get killed in L.A. They get killed by the Dodgers, typically, at Coors Field. The Dodgers are really good, and the Rockies have not matched up well with them. They go to Los Angeles, and they take two of three from the Dodgers. They play wonderful baseball, timely hitting. Uh, They pitch really well. They pitch well out of the bullpen. And they take two of three from the Dodgers, who are challenging the the Giants and scratching every way they can to, to try to win that division. So it's not like the Dodgers were in cruise control going through the motions as they may have been a year ago or, or a couple of years ago. Not, not the case. They're in second place right now. So it was a, a great weekend uh, in L.A. Uh, for the Rockies. And then they go to Texas. And Texas is worse than the Cubs. They have one of the worst home records in baseball. They have the second worst record in the American League, if not for how hapless the Baltimore Orioles are, they'd have the worst. And they lost two of three. And they won this afternoon, nine to five. And if you missed it, they were down five nothing early in the game. The Rockies came back, put a couple runs on the board in the fourth and in the, uh, the fifth inning. They were down five to four in the ninth inning, and the Rangers gave up five runs to the Rockies, and the Rockies would win nine to five. Five run ninth. The Rockies had one hit. One hit to produce five runs. The Rangers made four errors. I felt bad. It got so difficult to watch. Nathaniel Lowe, who used to go by Nate Lowe when he was with Tampa Bay, made three errors at first base. And it looked like a carnival show, and the Rangers fell apart, and thankfully the Rockies would win uh, 9-5 to five to salvage one. So they went 4-5 and five on that very strange road trip because you think, oh, 4-5, and five, they probably won two in Chicago, got swept in L.A., then won two against Texas. No, the only team that they won a series against was the Dodgers. Weird stuff. But anyhow, they go back home, really looking forward to seeing them take on Atlanta and then San Francisco. We know how good they've been at home, and that'll be a challenge. Atlanta's really good. Um, The Giants, just like the Dodgers, fighting for uh, supremacy in the National League West. I thought I would do an exercise before we get to the David Bodie interview, and that is putting together kind of a, a wish list in the final month of the season for... 
many of the key Rockies. I don't go down and break down everybody on the roster, and and I'll do this uh, expeditiously. But what would be an ideal final month heading into the offseason for various individual Rockies? We'll begin offensively. Connor Joe, who's been up top. Don't change a thing. Keep working at bats. Keep maintaining that 380-plus on base percentage. And keep throwing out the, the occasional double and home run. He has been one of the best stories uh, for the Rockies and one of the really one of the better stories in all of baseball this year. For Rymel Tapia, get the ball in the air a little bit more and keep raising your walk rate. Hits a lot of ground balls, highest ground ball rate in baseball. You gotta see a little more extra base hit out of Rymel, who plays his tail off every night. For September, what do you want to see from Trevor's story? Simple. Cut down on the chase rate. Had a good series in Texas. Hit the ball hard. Hit a couple of home runs. Great to see in his hometown. Uh, We don't know where Trevor's going to be, but I'm going to include him. And for Trevor, it's uh, cut down on the chase rate. For Charlie Blackman, ambush more fastballs. I hope he has a month of September where he hits four or five home runs, which will take him into the offseason with a good mindset instead of thinking, well, I'm in my mid-30s. And I, I didn't hit nearly as many home runs as I normally do. So hit four or five in September. Get that power stroke back, if you will. C.J. Crone. You know what I hope for C.J. in the month of September? 75% of what you did in August. Because August was otherworldly. 11 home runs, 34 RBIs, an OPS of 12, 1300. Hey, 75% of that would be ridiculously good. Ryan McMahon. Same thing as as Charlie. You know, he hit like 16 home runs in his first 64 games. He hit one in the Texas series. He's had four, though, over a really long period of time where it looked like he was going to hit 30, 35 home runs this year. I would love to see him hit, you know, have a month where he hits five or six home runs and and, uh, you know, goes into the offseason feeling really good about the season he had. Clearly, defensively, was marvelous. But also getting that home run stroke back in the month of September. Brendan Rodgers, more the same. He's put together quality at bats. He had a big ball game uh, as we taped this uh, in the final game of that series against Texas. Had a booming two-run double in the ninth inning. That was the only hit the Rockies got in the ninth and his Poorly as Texas played defense, that was the only hit they needed. But he had a home run straight away, 400 feet. He's got nine of his 11 home runs out on the road. Uh, I'd also like to see him get reps at shortstop. Uh, because if Trevor Story's gone, uh, the first candidate that's on the roster that's going to be there on an everyday basis or a regular basis would be Brendan Rodgers. You want to see him get more reps at shortstop, his natural position. Elias Diaz. Maintain the offense we've seen the last three months. He, he along with Connor Joe, and, and clearly the, the mini breakout, if you will, of um, Rodgers. I don't, I, I don't want to downplay by saying mini because he had not performed well yet at the big league level going back to Rodgers. But uh, it's been a breakout year for him. It's been a wonderful story, the Connor Joe situation. The other revelation has been Diaz. He is now... A big offensive threat. He continues to throw the ball well and, and work really well with the entire pitching staff. So just maintain what you've done if you're Elias Diaz. 
Real quick, uh, Sam Hilliard and Garrett Hampson, uh, some of that stuff's obvious. Hilliard has to cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, Hampson has, but there's more cut down to do. He's got to raise his on-base percentage. He's got to, he's got to reach base more frequently uh, out on the road. Very quickly, for the pitching staff, I'm not going to venture into the bullpen. But for the rotation, it seems like three-fifths of it have kind of hit a rough patch, whether it's fatigue after not pitching many innings in the abbreviated season from last year. Uh, but three-fifths of the rotation did not have a good August. Hermann, who's we know how talented he is, didn't have a good August. Uh, Gombert didn't have a good August. And, and John Gray didn't have a good August. Now, John was just placed on the injured list today. We'll see what it looks like the rest of the way. I would imagine for this whole group, Freeland had to come out today after an inning with a little hip impingement. This whole group, the Rockies are, are, are going to slowly back off because they're not in playoff contention, as we know. You want those guys going into the offseason healthy. It's not really important to throw a million innings the rest of the way. You would like, because all players want to go into the offseason, A, healthy, and B, with some momentum, where they feel good about what transpired in September. That's why we're doing this whole exercise anyhow. So for Herman, who's had four or five kind of uneven starts, have two or three dominant starts, and then and then probably shut them down as they did last year. Gobber, get him out there uh, for a couple of uh, more starts, two or three more starts, and, and hopefully he can put together some good ones. He had a rough one uh, the other day when he ended up walking six. By and large, he had a really good first year as a full-time starter in a new environment. So again, you want the season to conclude, whether it's even in mid-August for him, uh, on a positive note. Senzatella, keep doing what you did in August. He was one of the guys, along with Kyle Freeland, that had a really solid August. In fact, I think he's thrown the ball better than he ever has. The slider's better than it's been. Uh, So more of the same from Senza. Freeland, hopefully this isn't serious with the hip. And and I would say the same thing. A couple more starts and and get Peter Lambert out there. Um, You know, let Chi-Chi make a, a few more starts. Uh, you're going to get Ryan Rollison, hopefully get him an opportunity. He's coming off an appendectomy, that, which unfortunately interrupted his uh, AAA season. Uh, but take a look at those guys and, and kind of back off on the big five, if you will. So the same thing goes for John Gray. That's kind of my September wish list for a number of the key Rockies as uh, we move toward the final month of the season. All right. You know what? I love a great story. I love a great baseball story. And I love Colorado kids that make it. David Bodie out of Faith Christian High School in Arvada made it to the big leagues. And it was improbable. It was somewhat unlikely, even though he was a star high school player. But his college journey is a wild one that you're going to hear on our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. He's a guy I root for. He's a great young man. Uh, He continues to make Colorado home with his wife and his children. Um, And he's become, you know, a Chicago Cub. He's like one of the few guys left from uh, the last couple of years, as you know. I think you're going to enjoy David Bodie's story. Again, he is our featured guest on our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. You know, one of the things I like about visiting with you is you have one of the great baseball stories, at least for me, because I always say this on the air. There's a lot of guys who were first-round picks and, you know, it was kind of laid out for them. 
more guys have a similar story to David Bodie than were the you know the eighth pick in the draft, and, and again the table was set for him. Take us through your high school career first. Did you think I, I know you wanted to play in college? At what level did you think you could play at? Yeah, high school. Um, you know, did pretty well, and uh, my dad had asked like, hey, like there was I went to a, a trip one year my gen, uh, junior year and came back and I hadn't seen a pitch in like three weeks and the very first pitch I saw it was at Fairview High School I hit a double off the right center wall in the wood bat league and, or a triple and I got to third base and my dad goes you're unbelievable and he goes if you want to play this game for as long as you can like like I, I think you can do it like you're like you've something special there like you put in the work and you can probably play as long as you want uh, it was the first time that I ever kind of crossed my mind because my junior year of high school that's the first time that I ever thought anything passed high school, maybe college type thing. And um, senior year, never really recruited out of high school to a college or anything like that. Um, walked on a D1 where my brother had went and then transferred out of there. They said it wasn't good enough to play. Um, so I transferred to a junior college where I knew a couple of guys and, you know, played well. And didn't, didn't really think of anything like that. And then a couple of college, um, pro scouts were coming to see Jack Loney and Matt Strom who's with the Padres now and they kind of like kicked the tires a little bit and it was the first time I had any sort of experience with any pro team wanting any sort of interest um, but I, had, I was under the standing as in for me to go back to a D1 I needed to graduate from the uh, junior college and get two years so I had assumed that it was the same thing for the pros so I didn't really take any like stock into it they had me fill out a couple questionnaires but I didn't really do any um deep into like oh wow this could really happen because I didn't think it could happen and then towards the end like one of the Cubs guys Rick Schrader who was the scout there uh, was like hey I'm not selling you part of the, to the team I was like is, that, is it even possible and it was like towards the junior college world series I was like, oh yeah it's possible like you can go whenever you want I was like oh okay and then um, doing a mission trip in Africa and that was when I found out I was drafted by the Cubs and we had kind of put a there's the new draft rules and all these things, and you know I could have gone back to school or this, and I, you know, I was like, hey, I want to just keep playing, keep going to that next step. And I, that, that's amazing to me. So, and your dad obviously coached you, and your dad baseball background. Was he not able to say, hey, listen, I know this is my kid, but I, you know, I think he can play and, and call some guys he knew. Yeah, there was a few, a uh, few schools, but again, I don't think he he did such a great job of never forcing anything um you hear a lot of stories where you know dads can be like controlling in that area and, and you know and it's hard not to when like i have my boys and being like hey you want the best for them like it's, it's a lot of times it's out of good intentions but you know i think he did a really good job of being like hey like i'll do whatever you want me to do like if you want me to hold back i remember driving home from one high school game and i, I had a horrible game i don't remember exactly what happens but he we get in the car and he goes well do you want to hear what I thought about today's game or no? And he's like, I can just sit here. We can just, I can be your biggest fan and we can just move on. You can play and, and I'm not going to help you with your mistakes or anything like that and not criticize or make come across as criticize or anything like that. And I remember, no, like, like coach me. And so we went through it and that kind of like opened that door of that relationship. Like, wait, you can coach me. You can tell me what I did wrong and I won't take it as an attack or an offense. And I think he did the same thing. Just in any time, if I ever wanted to quit, if I ever wanted to do this, he was like, yeah, like, hey, it's your, your life. Like, you get to decide how you want to play this out. I don't think he ever wanted to control, like, where I went or pull any strings in that way. Obviously, he would have done anything that if I asked, hey, like, can we 
there's a couple he knew a coach in Central Arkansas I think that was interested in and so there was always stuff there but you know he kind of was hands-on and hands-off he had a really good vibe really good sense for that and I think he handled that really well and I mean benefited from it so you go to Liberty and you walk on there and not not to beat up the coaching staff there because mistakes are made in the appraisal of, of athletes at every level sure but take us through that fall and then the ensuing conversation yeah it was wasn't the best of falls but it wasn't horrendous um you know anytime you're at a new level anytime you're at a new anything it's going to be different and difficult and you're going to find a way to battle through and uh, I got pulled into the office for our post-fall meetings before winter break and he said hey like you can redshirt and hang out with the team but he goes you're never going to see the field with us and I'd recommend doing something else with your life and playing baseball and I didn't really tell anybody about that conversation until about three or four days before I had to go back after winter break I went three or four weeks at winter break and and my parents were like, hey, do you want to go back? And I was like, no, I don't. I was like, why? And I was like, well, I said I wasn't going to play. And I was like, I still want to play baseball. And so they're like, okay, well, like three or four days before I need to report back to school and, you know, teams or whatever. And I knew a coach, um, Taylor Henry, who's from Boulder. And he was a coach at Neosho County Community College. And I called him up and said, hey, do you need a shortstop? And they said, yeah, we do. We need somebody to play short and hit the top of the order. And they called the, the coach, uh, Steve Murray, and then they said, yeah, come on down. Can you get here by Friday? And it was like, I think Monday or Tuesday. And I said, we'll be there. We drove down to Kansas and had like a mini tryout per se, had a workout there. And they said, all right. And then he goes, where do you hit? I was like, wherever you want me to. He goes, no, where do you hit? And I was like, I'll hit three hole. He goes, where do you play? I said, play shortstop. He goes, all right, you're a three hole shortstop. Wow. And I was like, all right. Did you start first game of the year? Yep. Yep, started. And then towards the end, Jack Loney hit first and I hit second. And he wanted us to get the most at-bats out of the the, the the game. So Jack Loney would lead off. And he got drafted by the Brewers in, I think, the 17th round. And then Strong got drafted by the Padres, I think, in the 19th or, tw- or Royals, sorry, in the 19th or 20th round or something like that. Or 14th, I think. But That's a tremendous story. You go literally, when the, dr- the draft's in June, six months earlier a coach told you you should go do something else because you're not going to play baseball certainly at the at the co- I don't even want to call it major college because Liberty's not you know Liberty's kind of you know with all due respect and more of a, li- a lower level D1 school and there's a lot of good players D2 D3 Juco etc was that fuel for you I don't care who you are I mean you need to, to play where you do now you have to be a great competitor was that fuel uh, yeah, I, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say it. I'd play with a chip on my shoulder. Um, I think I've grown in that area of like picking spots, when to use it and when not to use it, and prove people wrong. Because in a sense, you can also get into a trap of trying to prove people wrong and doing things for the wrong reason. Um, obviously, having a, having the right reason, the right purpose is is number one. But obviously, you can use whatever you can to fuel can do that. And I think in a lot of cases, I, I can use that and, and use it along my entire journey of any sort of doubts or personal or outside or whatever and anything you can use to to add an edge to your game you know feel free to use it and so I think that was there was a part of that and then obviously my minor league life was not the greatest minor league story either and struggled and and grinded and but I never I told myself I'd never let them win or whatever it was like whatever I had in my house you're not going to beat me like you're going to have to rip I'm not going to quit like you're going to have to take this off of me like there's times where I thought about quitting and I was like you know what nope I was like I committed to myself that I was not going to let this like 
beat me down to the point of whatever. I was like, they're gonna have to tell me to go home before I could leave. So. Quick timeout, and then more with the Chicago Cubs, David Bodie, in a moment. Tell you about Ideal Home Loans each and every week, and I have for a number of years because Brent Ivinson's team is wonderful at saving you money, putting you in the right product when you're buying a new home or if you're consolidating debt or if you're looking to lower the interest rate that you're paying and doing a refinance. Give them a call at 303-867-7000. That's 303-867-7000. They're not going to give you the runaround. They're going to find the best product for where you are in your life. And uh, I've sent a number of friends there over the years, and they always go back a second time. And whenever uh, they're wondering about, hey, can I save money right now? Have interest rates gone low enough that it makes sense? Give them a call. It doesn't hurt to give them a call. They'll run the numbers for you, and uh, they'll let you know firsthand and upfront if it's a good idea to refinance. 303-867-7000 is their number. A lot of people are, are going through uh, home remodels and you're saying, all right, well, how am I going to come up with the dollars? They can assist you uh, with that endeavor as well. It's Ideal Home Loans. They've been in business for more than 20 years in our area. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, Ideal Home Loans. I want to tell you once again about an outstanding family law firm that I could not recommend any higher. And we know that unfortunately divorces happen and people grow apart. It's a reality. It's a difficult time in life and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding. You need compassion coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. And you'll find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker and Page. That's Cox, Baker and Page. They've been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report and Laura Page and Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. So if you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's coxbakerandpage.com a family law firm. Now back to more with the Cubs, David Bodie, a Colorado native. Did you have a godfather of sorts in the Cubs organization? Because I, I've seen, you know, I've seen your, your minor league numbers and, you know, you were solid, but you didn't, it's not like you were you hitting 320 at every level and, and move quickly, but somebody saw something in you that said he's a big leaguer. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who it is. Uh, there was a handful of coaches that I'm extremely grateful for that put in the time, put in the effort, um, fought for me every spring training. I, I heard stories every spring training them just going through of who, who is they going to have to cut, who whatever, and my name would obviously come up almost every year. And they're like, no, we can't get rid of this guy. Like, we got to hold on to this guy. Um, there's probably seven to eight staff members throughout the organization that I can think of right now off the top of my head that had a huge hand in it and very thankful, very grateful. Um, One particular actually saved, they called to release me and he said, no, we're not doing that. Um, So that was kind of cool. So yeah, it just, it just happens and uh, you know, it's, you know, God ordained, I believe. And you know, just keep grinding and keep doing your thing and keep pushing until you never know. So and when you get to the big leagues, and you did have success early in the big leagues, and, it, and that's a great story in itself, 
But at what moment in time? Because every player, whether as we talked about earlier, David, the, the kid who's the first pick in the draft versus an eighth-round pick or the kid who went undrafted like Jeff Houston, who you know, um, they realize, you know what, I can play at this level. I can stay at this level. When was it for you? It's in 2014, a little bit of it. But 2016, I, I had a really good week in AAA when I got called up off the DL in high A. And I was like, man, I can I can do this. And then I think that just kind of carried on. I don't know if that ever really happened any other time where I was like, yeah, I got this. And then after that, it's just I got this wherever. And I think big AAA, double A, big leagues, like it kind of all morphed into that. Didn't really change wherever I was at. Because I follow you from afar because you're a Colorado kid, and we'll get to that in a second. You sign a very you know, lucrative deal early in your career, you know, when you were still you know, before arbitration years. And I know how, this, how the business side works. Agents always say, you know, don't. Players Association wants players to wait. But you felt that that was obviously a good deal for you very early on. Take us through the, the mindset. Yeah, it's uh, the business side is is part of it and it's real and it's um, you got to brace for what it is. Like it, it is what it is, and you got to got to deal with it and, and move on from it and whatever it is, embrace it. Um, I basically asked myself, what if you told the 2014 kid who was about to quit? hey, the Chicago Cubs were offering you this deal, what would you do? And it was like, what, what kind of dumb question is that? Okay. And that's kind of how it was like, you know, once you're in this, when you, you're in your, everyone's in their own journey, everyone's in their own thing, everybody wants different things, and it's a chance to, to take care of my family, and it's um, obviously a generous offer, and um, humbled by it, and it was um, something that, yeah, I think as like you tell a seven-year-old David or fifteen-year-old David or twenty-one-year-old David and, and even you know twenty-eight-year-old David, like would I do it again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's just it's and everybody's different, and I think that's just where I was at in my journey. And um, again, super thankful for the Cubs and the organization to to offer me the deal. And um, yeah, it's just, you got to make the best decision for your family and you and whatever else thinks doesn't matter. Yeah, good for you. Uh, how much pride do you take in being a Colorado kid? <laughs> I love it. I love Colorado. Uh, I think I really appreciate it this year, not coming last year, because I was here 18 to 19, and then not coming last year, and I was like, and coming back this year, I think I appreciated it a little. 18 was a whirlwind being the debut. 19 was the first time back, and you're like, man, like this is sweet. I think this year was more like, man, like this is special. Like it, it really is special. This, I think I appreciate I, growing up in the stadium and just the grandioseness of it i mean it's huge it's a huge stadium and at first i didn't like that it was so big i kind of like the stadiums that are on you uh, but now I was, I was like this is just the fans are fantastic it's just a beautiful field beautiful city beautiful field i mean it's just it's fun to come here every year and it's just that's a special place because it's a cold weather state and not the most populated state but there's now a lot of you guys uh in the big leagues hoyer just comes from another organization of fossil ridge uh, guy, is is there a bond you think between the Colorado guys? I think so. It's you know you got Pierce and you got Hewer and you got you know Bird and Gossman and all these guys that are around this area and it's just fun to you know you don't you don't think of baseball in Colorado as a as a spot. You think Texas, Florida, Georgia, California, you know stuff like that. And so I think it's fun to 
to kind of come together and, and put Colorado in that in that light. And it's it's a great it's a great state. It's a great city and great baseball. Yeah. Okay. From a big league standpoint, Cubs obviously very active uh, on the day after, if you will. And all of a sudden, Rizzo wasn't there. KB wasn't there. All the big names, not all the big names, but a lot of the big names were gone. What was that like for you? Because you've been teammates with these guys yeah. for a while. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we speak from my perspective. Um, you know, our Andy Green coming goes, you became the uh, one of the most veteran infielders on our team now. He's like, so your, your, your role has changed. Um, and so I think that was an exciting thing for me personally. And I think those guys are going to do great. They're going to do fantastic. Great, great players, great teammates. Uh, you know, wherever they, they might all, they, they all very well could sign back here, and they all could vary. None of them, like, it's, there's, there's so many things that go on in the business side, and I think, you know, fans are obviously going to miss them for very good reasons. They've done extremely special things here, uh, winning World Series and creating what was probably the most winningest seasons in Cubs histories and, and stuff like that. So it's just a great, great group of guys, and it's, it's hard to see them go that way, but. Like we said, it's the business side of it. Um, but, yeah, it's fun. I think We have a great group here, guys that work hard, guys that want to play, guys that want to win. And, you know, it's fun that we're, we're all cheering for each other, pulling for each other. And it's not going to be the, the most smooth of two months here at the end of the year, but it's going to be a fun one because we're going to come to come to the field ready to go and, and play. And these guys are, you know, fighting for jobs for this year and next year and the careers and chance for opportunities. And I think it's, it'll be really good. So. Uh, how cool has it been to be a Chicago Cub the last few years, as you talked about, when you're winning a lot and that town cares a whole lot about the Cubs? Yeah, Chicago's great. I mean, they, you know, Wrigley Field is always packed no matter what, day game, freezing, doesn't matter. And it's, yeah, just being a part, putting the Cubs logo on your chest, sometimes you look back and you're like, oh man, like, that's a, that's a timeless logo that's been there forever. And, um, it's just it's just a fun place to be. It's a great great city, great great fan base. Just the culture and just the team that just expects winning, and that's that's great. It's great to be part of that kind of group. All right, last one. When you were growing up, who was your guy with the Rockies? Oof, one guy. He could be a couple. Man, I give you all of them, any of them. I mean, a sleeper one for me was Brad Hop. Loved his swing. Obviously, Cargo. I got to play with Cargo. That was a cool one. Tool Whiskey, Alaraga, Helton, of course. Ionetta. I mean, I can't remember like all those guys. It was just it was just a fun, fun coming to the games every year. Hey, David, proud of you for your success as a as a fellow Colorado now. Even though I didn't grow up here, uh, happy for you, man. Continued success, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Big thanks and big props to. David Bodie, good man. And it's it's a crazy story, man. Goes to a college, Liberty University. They run him off, and he calls a buddy, and he ends up uh, at a junior college in Neosha in Kansas. And literally a few months later, he's eighth-round pick of the Cubs, and he rockets his way through their system. He gets to the big leagues, and he signed a, a few years ago a five-year, $15 million deal. Uh, which will, you know, hopefully take care of his family for generations. Not that he's done. He's probably going to hopefully get, make more money in the game, but he's a guy you, you root for and I'm happy for, uh, as well. Very quickly before we uh, get on out of here this week, CJ Crone off that remarkable August. It's not just August because after maybe a little bit of a slow start, he's getting the, the knee working again because he had surgery last year, as many of you know. He's now, as we chat today, in the top eight in the National League 
Top eight in OPS. It was 925 going into Wednesday's ballgame. Top eight in slugging percentage. Top eight in on-base percentage in the National League. Not just for August, for the season. And he's also played really good defense. Last error he made was in the latter part of June. And he's dug balls out. Uh, he's shown, you know, decent range. He's not going to win a gold glove over there, but he's really solid. And he's a guy that's fit in nicely with the Rockies. And I think the Rockies want him back. Now, it's gotten a little more expensive, perhaps, than it was a, a month ago. And I don't know what the numbers will be, but he's probably in line for a multi-year. Uh, multi-year is more than one. I'm not saying four or five, two. Maybe three. I'm sure the Rockies would love to do like a two-year deal because they have first base pro- prospects coming. Uh, but he's earned the right to get more than one year. And uh, we'll see what the numbers are. But I know the Rockies want to keep C.J. Crone. And from everything uh, you've seen this year, he also has a lower strikeout rate for, for a middle-of-the-order bat. He's around 21% when the league average is, is 24%. And it's higher typically with guys with the ball uh, over the wall. But... Um, C.J. Crone has earned the right to get more than one year, and uh, hopefully the Rockies, uh, in this most interesting of off-seasons, will be able to get something done with C.J. Crone. That'll do it for this edition of the Drew Goodman Podcast. Uh, really appreciate always you guys joining in and spreading the good word about uh, what we do, and uh, and also, uh, again, a reminder to join the DNBR guys, uh, Patrick and uh, Drew. We'll talk next week. Stay safe. Stay well. It should be a fun Rockies week as they take on Atlanta and San Francisco at Coors Field. Talk to you in a week.